Blog Talk Radio. Stupid baby bicep, so I had to go there. Whoops. 
But no, I like I said, my my eleven foot pole is the octave ten feet to stand up. I don't. We're we're good on that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, we will. Like I said, the, the, that topic will be addressed on totalsportslive dot com. Be on the lookout for that, folks. Possibly tomorrow, column will be out. Please be nice to me. I'm just all I'm just gonna say about the column. Please be nice to me. Don't kill me. All right, so. <laughs> Let's talk uh, about anyone, me. anyone who tries to kill you on anything that you write, it will have to deal with me. How's that? There we go. See, that's what. See, yeah, that's, I'm like, see, I'm like that's, a bulldog. That's yeah, that. There you go. Exactly. It's like it's like the Mighty Ducks, the Bash Brothers. It was just like you mess with one, you mess with both. Hey, you're like, my Fulton Reed. Hey, there you go. Because I think in this dynamic, I'm definitely Dean Portman. I think I'm definitely Dean Portman. Yeah. If we're yeah, gonna compare yeah, ourselves definitely. to the Bash Brothers, you're totally Fulton and I'm definitely Dean. Yes. Without a doubt. Totally agree totally agree with that one. But since we're talking about bashing and knocking and knocking heads off and all that good stuff, let's talk about the Eagles. The Eagles won thirty three to twenty three last night. Like I said, when I just just few minutes ago, I didn't know they were three and in the preseason. It is so weird. I didn't even know that until now. <laughs> But the three know in the preseason, Angela, and for we all know the third preseason game is very huge. It's the rest rehearsal for the first team offense and the defense. The first team defense, they did their thing as always, getting pressure. They didn't get no takeaways on Angela, but still getting pressure. That front four is gonna be nasty this year. But the offense, the offense, I have to say, Angela, the offense looked really, really good last night. Outside of Nelson Aguilar dropping the ball and called the interception, outside of that, they looked really good. They did. They called call him Butterfingers. They called him Butterfingers. No, I would go with, I would honestly, I would go with Hot Hand Tannen at this point. Oh, yes. I was uh, thinking that. Oh, yes, my God. There you go. You got that. that. <laughs> I was hoping that reference was going to land. Um yeah, no. Aguilar can't be counted on, at least not yet. And I, I worry about him and that because their you know, their wide receiver core isn't really that stellar. I mean, what I will say is I think that, you know, Doug Peterson is starting to show that he knows how to call a play. Mm-hmm. There were a couple times where they were in, you know, situations where it was like he called the right play for it. So it makes me have more faith in him as a coach and therefore really not understand all the hatred that came his way this past off season. So right. I'm starting to build a little bit more faith in Doug Peterson, which I didn't really, like, I was one of those people that wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt from the jump, and I'm happy to report that, you know, he's he's not, really acting like a like a bad head coach. So I think, you know, it might not to, it might not be this year. It might be like you know, you gotta let him develop his own style and everything, but I think, you know, mm-hmm. we're on we're on a good path with him from what I've seen so far. I will also say that I am a little bit leery only because um the Eagles were undefeated in preseason last year, and we were all calling right. for them to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I will say right. I was that guy called for them to win 12 games. I said fortune favors yeah, bold, yeah, and I had it. I think me and you were like that on the Eagles podcast. We have it on, like, yeah. We, we were beating the 12 and 13 win bandwagon. He was going to make it possibly to the NFC Championship. Yeah, that just went so mm-hmm. bad. We bad. have it on tape. I can't deny it now, so... Uh, I think 
Michael Kendricks is a little bit in trouble. Because I, you know, he missed the first two preseason games. I don't think Jim Schwartz is so, you know, you know, ready to use him. The defensive line, like the D-line is going to be amazing. Especially oh, yeah. because now they have Fletcher Cox. Oh, God, yeah. And I mean, if the defense could deal Even yeah. the backup if, guy is just going to be mm-hmm. crazy. But that offensive line is paper thin. And mm-hmm. it's honestly, like, I think Sam Bradford goes down like week two or three. Like, he just gets busted the hell up. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. and, and honestly, like, it's funny because Stefan Wazenski. Mm-hmm. Agree. Not, Agree. Not someone who you would expect to, like, make a name for himself. But they right. looked a lot Even better. better. Yeah. You know, the running game is – it's still a work in progress because Ryan Matthews mm-hmm. and his and his, you know, prone to injuries and, you know, Darren Sproles isn't like a he's not running a running back by committee. That's what it's exactly. It's running back by committee. So uh here's my little fantasy tip for everyone who still has not drafted yet. Do not draft mm-hmm. an Eagles running back because you will at least don't draft them high up. If you're gonna get an Eagles running mm-hmm. back, do it in like your later rounds. Don't be a homer and right. grab them the first the first few rounds nope. because it doesn't matter. They're not gonna get you the kind of production that you need if you need some but type of serious production. Would that be the same way with like Kansas City's running backs from last year when Jamal Charles went down because they were going running back by committee with Chan Car- with uh, Tricandrick West and Spencer Ware, but then the red zone West wasn't getting the touchdowns. It was more so Spencer Ware. So it was like, why do we need Spencer Ware on our on your fantasy team? But he had like six red zone touchdowns last year. So is it like something like a situation like that almost where it's like like you said, don't depend on the Eagles running back early on to get them later. Well, yeah, or, still sick. or we can absolutely, or we can go even back to the Eagles a couple of years ago and like embrace Brown. I, mean, I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever heard of him, and then he shows up in like the one week he got me like forty four points. Yeah, he had like and 130 something rushing yards or something that one of those and, weeks. And, that, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what that year. My league was stingy as hell with points. So for him to get like 44 <laughs> points in one game, I mean, I was commissioner last year and I made some bonehead moves and I made all these like crazy bonuses. Like we had running backs putting up, up over like 100 points last year. Sheesh. So when I had crazy, yeah, oh yeah, Adio, I'll tell you. I think I think like twice Adio is the high point scorer and he had team like his team scored over 300 points in one week. Lesson learned, not going to do that again. But, like, so for Bryce Brown to get me, like, 44 points in one team, it was like him pretty much throwing my team on his back and carrying us to victory. But it's the same thing. Yeah, sometimes I you agree. have these players, sometimes you have these players that you're not really familiar with, that you don't really know who they are, and then they come and they end up saving the day. I mean, I don't really necessarily know if we're going to see that with the Eagles just there's a lot of holes there really are a lot of holes and oh man I know there's talk that Carson Wentz could could play in the preseason finale but I don't know I don't know know. I'm sorry like I want to get behind this kid so bad but I just can't muster it in me to get behind him and it has nothing to do with the fact that the Eagles didn't take my guy. 
Like, I was an Eagles fan my whole life. I've watched plenty of drafts where they didn't take my guy, other ones that I lament more than others. But, you know, I, I can't get behind him. He didn't play in a good conference in football, yet his teeth looked good. But I don't really think he played against the same type of talent as someone like a, sorry about it, Dak Prescott did. And I know that earned me some haters immediately because Dak was drafted by the Cowboys. Well, you want to know what? I can't help who he was drafted by. You can't help who he was drafted by. But these people can go replay the tape that we were talking about him over a year ago. Yes. I think he's going to be the better NFL talent. I, I hate to say it. I really hate to say it, especially because I wanted the Eagles to draft Dak so bad. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm sorry, I, and I will happily eat crow when I am proven wrong, but I just don't see Wentz as an NFL talent. I don't see him as like a superstar in the NFL. I see him as one of those first-round busts. That's, that's, that's a thing that definitely could be, that could happen, that obviously could happen, you know. He could be that first-round bust, which is sad to say. Not first-round bust, meaning, like, he'll never play in a game where he's, like, you know, Brandon Weeding-ish, you know. But not, we're saying bust oh, in a way oh, that he oh, won't oh. be, like, a French, he won't be a franchise guy. He might just be a stopgap quarterback. Brandon Weeding was A good also, but like, not great quarterback. He was also 26 years old when he was drafted. Uh, yeah. That's kind of apples and oranges. He was a non-traditional. And his, wide, that's and, his, and, and his wide receiver was Justin Blackman, who had an amazing year. And wasn't Des Bryant on that team too? I think or something like that. So yeah. I think I think he was. I, I know Justin Blackman was, and Justin Blackman could have had himself a hell of an NFL career, but he was just too stupid. He had rocks between his ears, and it was just all in his head, and he just could not stop getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth? Literally, it is he the could truth. be the Des Bryant of the Jaguars. Literally, <laughs> he could have been that good. And he was listen, He was another one pre-draft. I had stars in my eyes over him. Like, yeah, that kid's going to be something special. And he would have been. But you know what, man? He just couldn't stop smoking pot. And it's like, dude, you know, we all have done it. We all, you know, we all like to imbibe every once in a while. But you're a professional football player, and thus against this the is rules. Your job. And you're getting paid millions of dollars to do it. Like, you have people that are getting paid so much less than you are. You have people that are making like thirty-five, forty thousand dollars a year that stop because they don't want to get drug tested. Or small you're making players millions. that want to be in your position. Exactly. You're making millions of dollars and he he honestly, Javon, like you you tell me, like and I swear to God, you tell me that I'm wrong, I'll tell you, don't piss on my leg and tell me and train in. But you tell me right now, right here, that he couldn't be something special in the NFL if he just would have been able to like figure it out. Oh, he could have been. He could have been. He could have been, and that's why mm-hmm. I'm kinda glad that's why I'm kinda glad Josh Gordon has gotten his life together. Because I see the same potential. But I'm like, Blackman was a first-round pick. Gordon was a supplemental draft pick, so supplemental guys, you don't really think they're going to pan out to anything. But I hope Gordon can stay out of trouble like he has been for – like he has been. It seems like he's gotten his life 
really well-centered and, you know, meditating and everything and getting into the arts and all that stuff. Seems like he's really, like, focused in and honed in. He's got the right coach in Hugh Jackson and looks like he might do something this year with Cleveland. Like, I'll put it to you this way, man. I I do smoke. I'm a cigarette smoker. I don't really like the fact that I am. But if I got a job where they offered me, like, seven figures, I've quit smoking before. I quit for a couple months. I quit smoking right. uh, cigarettes before. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life, especially if, like, you're, like, a habitual one. Um, if Dio is not on this podcast, he can vouch for me on this because he quit. Kudos to him. I would essentially like to make it there, too. But that's one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. But if someone were to have the, you know, the balls on them to offer me the kind of money, like not even the kind of money that Justin Blackman got offered, like a quarter of it, not even a quarter, maybe like a tenth of it, I'd be like, okay, right. I take my cigarettes and I would like light them on fire and chuck them in the trash. I'm like, oh, oh, done, 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 done. And you're going to pay me how much? Yeah, we're done. We're good. And yeah, that's the thing. And I'm... He had the skills. He didn't just have the skills, but he had the vertical leap and he had the extension and he had the speed. He could have really been something special in this league, but he just couldn't. He couldn't realize that, you know, you got to knock it off. And it's not like yeah. a, it's not like a, you know, I mean, you, we have states in this country, it's completely legalized and you see what they're, you know, how they're flourishing in their tax dollars. You know, Colorado, had like something like a three billion dollar surplus in taxes because of it, and technically it's a luxury tax. So like those citizens were entitled to all those money back and all that money back they paid on it in their tax returns, and they said no, no, we want to, you keep that, you put it into the state. They've got nice new roads, great schools, like their quality of life out there is amazing. However, it's not the case in the entire country. So you know. You're playing in Florida. You're living in Florida. It's not the same thing. And even like I think there are players in like Seattle and 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 uh, at least in Seattle, they're like they're they're coming under fire for it. And just it doesn't matter if it's legal in your state. You, you gotta you gotta roll with the punches. You gotta abide by the rules. And yeah, you're right. Brandon Whedon was lucky enough to have. Justin Blackman as his main receiver, but at the same time, Justin Blackman really could have been something special in the NFL, but he he pretty much chose not to be. And that's a damn shame. Right. Because he could have been the next Megatron. Yeah, he he could have he could have been that good, and I'm you know I'm glad that we you know having are having this discussion circled around the around the wide receiver position because you know we started off talking about Nelson Aguilar, and then we transitioned to two guys, you know. Uh, and the guy in Blackman who was a first-round pick and just totally derailed. And now we look at this, you know, equals wide receiving core, and there's a lot of doubt behind it. But on Saturday night, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of softened the the doubt that we had about them, especially Josh Huff. And anybody knows me, they know I am the biggest Josh Huff critic. I'm the biggest Josh Huff critic, and I am proud to say that because I think that he has talent, but he doesn't live up to the talent. If anybody knows me as well, I'm also the habitual guy on uh, on Twitter that every time Josh Huff makes a play, I'm like, oh, look, we have a Josh Huff fighting, literally, because it's not that often that he makes a big play. No disrespect, Josh. It's just pure fact. But Saturday night, he made a couple of big plays on the second, in the second, on the second down. 
on a slant route. He totally gets blows right by the defender, catches the ball, goes 38 yards. And then Eagles use him on a jet sweep in the red zone, and he scores a touchdown, again, using his speed. When I watched him play yesterday, I think that Peterson might have found the correct way to use him. But for him, it falls in the same category as Nagler, consistency. Exactly, exactly. That's the same. Do we have a coach that can properly utilize the tools that he has? And that also mm-hmm. means to be seen. But, you know, you and I, I think you and I come under fire a lot in the Twitter sphere for being like, quote, unquote, negative Nancys because we don't sugarcoat it. You know, I'm not going to jump up and down and go, oh, my God, the Eagles won three preseason games. Keep in mind, they were undefeated last preseason, and look what happened last season. It was a goddamn disaster. Right. So I'm not ready to jump up and down and start singing the Eagles' praises. I'm cautiously optimistic because we have a new regime and a new coach, mm-hmm. a new coach who much, you know, to the chagrin of the masses, I have faith in. I think you have faith in him. I yes. think we've got a really good defensive coordinator, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. going to show in the preseason. But, I don't know, in terms of wide receiver, it's like I don't necessarily think that it's a case to applaud a 38-yard catch. Because at one point before the chip had clean house, we had we had receivers that could do that on the regular. Literally. Yeah, Macklin, like, Macklin and Jackson. That exactly, was exactly. <laughs> That's exactly who I was thinking about. Jeremy Macklin makes a 38-yard catch and no one bats an eyelash because they're used to it from him. Deshaun Jackson And Deshaun makes Jackson nine blows percent. the top off the defense, blows the top off the defense mm-hmm. on a 50-yard bomb every every game. And it's like, oh, we expect it on so it's not it. like a big thing. Like and that's the thing, like there there are those kind of pieces. It's not the how do I how do I say this? It's not in football you need to have like one you know, you don't need many. You just need one or two blockbuster pieces on offense. Mm-hmm. You can build the rest of your offense around it. You can deal with minimal to mediocre gains as long as you know that you have someone that you can either put the ball in their hands and they're going to bust out 20 yards or you can throw the ball up in the air and you know they're going to get about like 30, 40 yards from you or they're going to catch it for 10 and they're going to be able to like buckle down and run for another 10. Right. They don't have that right now. They don't. They don't. And, and the thing is like what, I, what gets me so mad about – Doug Peterson coming under fire so for so much about all this. It's not his fault. It wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the he, he wasn't the one that him. traded. Yeah, he wasn't the one that traded away the whole damn team. He wasn't the one that drafted some of these yahoos. And like yeah, you know, I think I said oh, even last year. If like, Doug, if Doug Kelly, Peterson yeah. had Macklin, Jackson, and McCoy, oh, his life would be ten times easier. It would be literally Andy Reid's offense just that much better with those then, guys. Under then that we system would be for looking at a already knowing season. Then we would yeah. be looking at a 12-win season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, he inherited, a, it was, for lack of a better term, he inherited a dumpster fire mm, from yep, the Chip head. Because, because Chip wanted to act like he was Gordon Bombay and like wanted to reunite the Ducks. Like, 
<laughs> Literally, he did. Yeah, that's why there were all those people in there. And, I mean, again, I I don't care. Don't care how unpopular it makes me. There's plenty of hate, folks. You can go back and replay it. I never wanted him from the jump. Never. I don't know if we would be in a better situation now than we were if the guy that I wanted ended up being the head coach, which was Gus Bradley, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. We we can't see that. We can't, you know, we have no speculation on that. But I never wanted the chip head from the jump. And I was at work that night. I was waiting tables at the bar when they announced that he was fired. I am not nimble by any means, but somehow I mustered the upper and lower body strength to do a cartwheel in back of that place. <laughs> I started singing. It literally was Christmas because it happened a few days after Christmas. That was a beautiful. That was a beautiful post Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a beautiful thing. So I mean, you can't really. I think if Doug had. I think if Doug would have inherited the team that Chip did, we probably would have already been, like, two years deep in playoff runs. And we would mm-hmm. looking at this season saying, hey, man, we actually have a chance to win the Super Bowl. you got to give this yep. guy a chance to rebuild and what he was exactly, given. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what annoys me because nobody seems like they're giving him a chance, but they were so willing to give Chip Kelly almost two and a half, three years. I hate it. I hate the fact that everyone made excuses for that. Oh, God, the jackass. Everyone made excuses for him. Oh, his system, his system, his system. Like, well, why are you so jazzed on his system? Like, what has his system done? What has his system produced? Nothing. His system still hasn't proved anything in San Francisco because what is he trying to still do? He's trying to still tell us that Blaine Gabbard is the quarterback, and even though they're putting up tens of amount, they're still putting up tons of yards. They're still getting beat in games because well, defense. Good. You know it's, it's impossible good. in defense. It's impossible for the, the for the defense to get to get rest. Good. Let the Seahawks kick the crap out of them twice this season. Oh geez, that's going to be. Oh, Can't God. wait to watch it. Can't wait. To Literally, watch every play ran. Every every play is still run out of shotgun. By the way, I watched the preseason game. I want to say it was a preseason opener. Few weeks back, oh god, everything was run out of shotgun. Everything. I still can't I honestly. Doing. I still can't believe. I still can't believe that he was given another head coaching job in the NFL, and that just goes to show you how stupid the Niners are. Hey man, they're trying to excite their fan base. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, because I guess like their the fan, fan base, base isn't really familiar with what goes on, on the other side of the country, and saw how it worked out for us. Yeah. Even though, even though I don't think they're that excited over Chip, I don't think they're that excited. I think they're just like, uh, really? No, because I think anyone who has any kind of football IQ would be like, oh God, why did we hire him? Right, exactly. <sighs> Crazy times. So we talk about one Oregon Duck and Josh Huff to a guy that was just recently brought on to the Eagles, and that was Doyle Green Beckham, and. Even though DGB's numbers were very pedestrian in this very game, that's all right. He seems like he's really picking up things with the Eagles offense, which is excellent. That week of practice that he had before Saturday night's game really helped him, according to Doug Peterson. And they ran a perfectly, a perfectly 
Sam Bradford threw a perfect jump ball on a fade off to Dorio Green Beckham that was almost like Plaxico Burris-esque. Like, it was so easy for Beckham to go up and get it, and that was just great ball placement by uh, by Bradford. But it finally looks like, Angela, the Eagles literally had a legitimate red zone threat, and it, we're not, we don't have to deal with the days of Raleigh Cooper. Uh, the Eagles forcing us into sports and saying that Raleigh Cooper is a red zone threat. His name just makes me chuckle. <laughs> oh, poor Riley. Still out looking for a job. I'm surprised. <laughs> Surprise, no team Mr. Uh, Mr. I make like two big catches in one year and get a gigantic contract. Womp womp. Thanks to Deshaun Jackson, by the way. But hey. Yeah, right. Damn, no, no. Oh, it's yeah. just, you know, it's it there's so many moving parts in this game. And it's not even just your team, it's the teams that you're going to be playing. And you know, you're mm-hmm. gonna talk about the NFC East. The NFC East is garbage. It it is. It's still garbage. It will always be garbage. I mean, not always, but right, right now. Because even the Eagles can still win it. Eagles Eagles can still win this division, folks. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Even though we are big deck supporters. I hate to say it. Your Cowboys defense. The Cowboys defense uh, isn't that good. I hate to say it because I'm a lifelong Eagles fan, and my dad has had season tickets since 1979, and the Cowboys have always been the most hated team. But Jesus, oh my God, I I don't necessarily know who I see winning the NFC East, but I I see the Cowboys having it a can better chance. Come, it can literally it can literally it can literally come down to the end of the season. It could be one of those years. Remember that year? Remember that year? Did you get like five things that happened? Yeah, and then Tony Romo is out for. How many weeks, you know, how does it say that Dak Prescott doesn't light it up like we think he's going to, and then they keep him in, and then and then we all look, not real, we won't look like fools, because we believed in him, but now, like, you yeah. know, at that point, we're going to be like, God damn it, Eagles, like, why didn't you draft him? We freaking told you to. Oh, and then the bandwagon's going to get bigger. The bandwagon's going to get bigger. And then Eagles fans are going to be like, yeah, Dak is really real. He's real. He's, he's actually just, good. Is it just... Is it just me, or do you get insulted by people who are now saying, like, oh, well, you know, we'll see, like, they don't realize, like, we know what we're looking at? Yeah, I'm getting that. I'm getting that. It's like, oh, okay, well, it's only preseason. It's like, well, why don't you respect the fact that I know what I'm looking at? It's like, I really hate that. It's just preseason. You know, here's the thing. It's like, it's like if you and I were sitting at a poker table, right? And I'm like mm-hmm. a really experienced Hold'em player, and you know you're you're kind of an intermediate. And I raise you, and you re-raise me, and it's like, well, why don't you respect my raise? Like you don't think right. I have something? It's like it's the same damn thing. Like we've been talking about this for over a year now. Like I think I posted I, something on Facebook I, about I put, I put that, like of, the the pass and play that he had on Thursday. And I'm like, mm-hmm. do y'all still and not see it? Fa- do you still not see yeah. it? I put a lot of faith in your and my football acumen. Yes. 100%. And I think that we just keep getting shut down because he was drafted by the Cowboys. If he mm-hmm. was drafted by, like, the Jaguars or if he was drafted by the Browns or if he was drafted some or other the Cardinals. other than the Cowboys or the Giants, oh, no. then... 
Right. Everyone would probably be like, oh, you guys were right. We should have drafted him. He's drafted by the Cowboys, and then we become the villains. Because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, they they like a Cowboy player. Well, I don't like him because he's a Cowboy. I like him mm-hmm. because I paid attention to him in college, and I knew he was I like how he plays special. the position. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're trying to tell you, folks, is all about how he plays the position. Yeah, like I said, preseason, like I said last week's show, yes, preseason stats, you can't put a lot of, you can't hold, you can't put a lot of weight into that. And yes, there's the skeptics out there that say, well, in deep preseason, he's going against vanilla defense. Yeah, 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 so what? He's going against vanilla defenses. So what? If, if we've seen quarterbacks that have failed going against vanilla, going against vanilla defenses. What he's doing, he's playing the position the right way. And yes, he's going to experience his bumps and bruises during the regular season, but that's fine. As long as he keeps on improving and progressing. Yeah, he's going to have games. I'm pretty sure Angela, he's going to have the games this season somewhat in NFC East. I'm pretty sure he's going to have games this season where he has two or three interceptions. This is going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. But at it's the same time, happen, don't, let, don't, let that, don't let it discredit what he's kind of already starting to build as a quarterback. You can't do that. You just can't do it. No. And he's another one. Should have been ours. I don't want to beat that dead horse, but. He's, he's, you're right. He you know, should. The only, the only, the only issue, the only issue. Ezekiel Elliott could be an eagle. Elliott could have been. He could have been eagle too if they had a state at eight. Just saying. The only reason that Galsa were skeptical on him was because of his accuracy. Accuracy, and he's a dual threat quarterback, and exactly. you don't know how that goes. He ran. If you're a dual threat, if you're a dual threat. If you're a dual threat and you have accuracy problems, you know what that means. You might be getting switched to another position. That's just how it goes. Right, but the fact that our head coach, that our head coach was a quarterback coach and an offensive Mm -hmm. coordinator. Quarterback. Well, the quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) Peterson, the quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) He could have worked with him and figured that out. He would have been Donovan McNabb in this offense. I swear to you not. I swear to you not. That's who Prescott reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Although, young McNabb. I don't, I don't see Doc Prescott throwing a lot of passes that land at people's feet. Oh God! Oh God! Every time, every time I bring up McNabb, it's always the worm balls. I mean, the worm burners. Every time I bring you know, up McNabb, is, it's the worm burners. It's burner. funny too because. You know, it's funny too, Even though I his do deep ball is beautiful. I do love, I do love Don McNabb. And I remember being younger I and saying, I will stand you. by him. I will stand by him until he collapses on the field and can no longer play. It wasn't until he left well, he here did, well, he and he started acting like... It wasn't until he left here and started acting like an ass. And I was like, you know what, Donovan, screw you. And also I learned that he's like a really crappy tipper. And that's not cool. Tip yeah. your servers, people. Tip your bartenders and servers. They work really hard. If you don't know, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't remember anything from this podcast, remember that. <laughs> remember that. If you don't remember no, anything for real, from no, this but podcast, I, I mean, I've read, I read stories really. He's ran up like two thousand dollar bills and tipped his server like ten dollars. That's not cool. Jesus. You make millions no. of dollars of money. Yeah. You can tip me five hundred. Google it. Google it. He's notoriously one of the cheapest tippers that's out there. Him, yep. Usher, um, Justin Bieber's one too. Oh yeah, I know all the tippers. 
Justin Bieber. We on Jill Scott one time at Olive Garden. Ironically, she was a really good tipper. You wouldn't think so because, like, you know, she's a great singer, but not really, like, that high up in the fame level. Right. She was an awesome tipper. Though. All right. Josh Ennis, who was just fired from WIP, Josh Ennis was a phenomenal tipper because Sludge did a show from my bar the one night, and Josh came in. Great tipper. Bill was like Damn, we didn't even talk. 40. We didn't even talk about the Josh Ennis situation or the Dwayne from Swedesboro situation either. I mean, we didn't even get into that. I think that's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. That is some interesting stuff. Oh, man. The whole Swedesboro thing, I'm kind of really torn on. You know what I mean? Because I used to prank call my boss at Olive Garden all the time. And one time I was an old lady. And one time I was Russian. I mean, I don't. (laughs) Yes, hello. I am calling because I have a party of 18 and I need 16 chairs. Can you accommodate? Oh, my God. While inappropriate, I think it was just like a character that they played, although a very in poor taste character. I don't know. Very in poor um, taste. Very in poor very, taste. Very. I, I will not debate that. Very, very in poor taste. Yeah. But that was on 97.5. And I think right. I think there needs to be something to help to, you know, Mike Missanelli always talked so much shit on Josh Ennis about being an interloper and coming in and, and doing that. And, it was there was obviously like a battle of the afternoon shows going on. I mean, do I like Josh Ennis? No. Do I respect Josh Ennis? Yeah, I do. Because like I said, I've met him in person. I've met him in person. He's a real nice guy. He's a he's, and it's like Howard Eskin. I've met Howard Eskin in person multiple times. He is an absolutely lovely man. And I said to him before, like. You know, you're not anything like you are on the radio. He's like, yeah, just a character I play, man. I'm just a regular guy. And he is. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if I believe that Josh deserved to be fired, but there was things that, you know, Josh needed to be held accountable for, like Mike needs to be held accountable yeah. for, for, you know, that, Agreed. you know, the sweet spirit thing. But will he? I don't totally know. Agree. Because will he be held accountable? I have no idea. Only because... You know, he's, like, their biggest draw. I know they have Gargano in the morning, but there are a lot of people who think Gargano's a fool. And, you know what? Again, met Gargano multiple times in person. Gargano's friggin' awesome. Gargano loves me because we got that temple connection going on. But Mikey Miss is, is their, quote-unquote, biggest star. So they're not going to fire him. Right. That's not going to happen. That's like friggin' no. that's like 10, 15 years ago, Disney going to get rid of Hillary Duff, like when she's like the star of their biggest show, because she says something bad. It's not going to happen. And I don't necessarily agree with Ennis being fired, but I definitely would say that I think that Mikey Miss needs to come under some kind of scrutiny for, for that. No doubt. Because like, no you know, we can, anyone, anyone who can do voices, anyone who can do voiceovers, can you know make a mock hood accent. Right. I could do it. I could do it right now, but I won't do it because I'm not going to be that disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Anyone, right. anyone who is you know decent at doing voiceovers can, you know, can do that kind of stuff. So. The fact that you have your producer, and it, well, the fact you have a producer like calling and you know being under the guise of being you know 
the hood caller. That's not not you don't you don't do that's not the way to get ratings. That's not you know, that's not entertainment. If you're gonna have right. someone the white, the white guy up. playing a black guy from the hood who had paternity problems, like, oh my God. Like it's just if you're going to have someone call and be a voiceover actor and you're going to have someone call and play a character, play something funny. Right. And I don't I even agree. want to say not, I don't even want to say not offensive because I get really irritated with this whole like politically correct culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. But white people playing the hood character, that's, that's not, it's not even that it's not funny. It's an, an offensive even though I hate that term because I don't like, mm-hmm. I'm one of those where it's like it's all fair game or none of it's fair game. Right. But I still completely get that, you know, there are some things that are just off limits. Like even mm-hmm. I know, even I have that filter. So there were plenty right. of other characters that he could have played. Like, okay, you're a white guy. So you could have called up in like a, in like a, like a really bad Italian accent. Like, hey, it's me, Mario, and I break your face if you disagree with me. You know what I mean? Or, you know, the Russian again, like, oh, hey, me, and I'm going to talk to you about sports, and if you disagree, I take you into exile to Siberia, and I slit your throat. Or right. there are right. plenty of things you can do. But, you know, don't pull the whole ghetto thing. Don't pull the whole hood thing. That's, yeah. that's not yeah. right. And it's yeah. not... You know, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because, like, not all Knicks are like, oh, Jesus, Mary and Joel stuff. They're like, oh, you know, come in, it, it, different thing. It's not an ethnic thing. It becomes a racial thing. And it's, you know. Right. Especially during these times where racial, when mm-hmm. racial things are very, at a very, at a very high, at a very high right. rate right now. You can't do something like that. Exactly. You know, the times that we live in. And, you know. Exactly. And, and that See, has like, me, me, you know. Yeah. Me being what I am, I am white, I am Irish, I am Polish, I am Italian, and I am German. I can make jokes about being a Dago. I can make jokes about being a Nick. Of course I can. I am one. Mm-hmm. But I would never, never, ever, ever get on air and make jokes about some some, some situation that I have no clue on what it actually right. is. And that's right, where it gets right. frustrating because it's like, you know, I mean, like, yeah, listen, do you get on there? Like, you can make jokes, but there are plenty of other accents you can do to, like, be funny. Like, Russians are funny. Or to the Olive Garden for right. seven years. Like, Russians are hilarious. Um, right. <laughs> you don't You don't need to always go there. You don't always need to make that your go-to. And if that's the only accent that you can do, then you're probably a pretty shitty voiceover actor. And that's all there is to it. All there is to it. Most likely, and I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna leave right off at there with the with the, with the, with, the, with the with the sugar honey iced tea voiceover act. You know, you're that type of voice actor. <laughs> right I, I can't but, believe I can't believe I defended Josh that's on us though. I really can't believe I did that. On that <laughs> I know. That's I know. That's that's mind blowing. Very mind blowing. But that's gonna wrap up the podcast <laughs> for us. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. It's been a great one. Follow. Make sure that you stay in tune with everything at Total Sports Live. Make sure you follow Total Sports Live on Twitter at Total Sports Live. Like the Facebook page. Check out TotalSportsLive.com. A lot of great content coming out for you guys this week. College football season is starting. The NFL is about to start very soon. So a lot of great stuff coming on Total Sports Live. 
com. Make sure you follow Angela on Twitter at Angela Montona. Follow me on Twitter at Angela Montez. Like I said, guys, the column about everything that's happening with Colin Kaepernick will be on com. probably tomorrow. If you'll find out. Just check my Twitter, Joe Vines, and it will be out there. It will be published sometime tomorrow. It's, a, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting point. You make sure you of, read that because my man puts out quality stuff. It's, it's I, I, let me just say, it's, 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 thank you. I appreciate the word. It's very quality, but it might rub some folks the wrong way. It might rub some folks uh, the wrong way. Hey, hey, hey. Take one page out of my book. Who cares? Like, snap your fingers and say, nope, 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 nope. You might like it. You might not. Who gives a shit? Sorry. <laughs> you don't have a sleep button on me. But no, just take one out of my book. Put what, I, put what you want to put out there. Some people will like it, some people will hate it, but hey, man, that's what we're in for. Maybe we'll get some Twitter hate like I got, and then we can go back and act them together. And I can come to oh, yeah. you. And, and hopefully yeah. they won't hide in your DMs, so you know, oh, it'll be for yeah. all the world to say. At least, at least you would get that courtesy. Yeah. 